Welcome to this episode of Sunday Reprise, where we bring the church to you and deliver nothing but the truth. Brought to you by Maranatha Family Church International Ministries in Davao City, Philippines. We hope this message will bless you. Let's go. We're excited that over this last month, through all the lockdowns and quarantines, God's Word hasn't stopped. And so if it's getting a little bit hard to continue to wear your face mask, um, stand in grocery lines a long time, um, all the different canceled events and changes that our world has been facing here in Davao and beyond, and all the changes, um, I'm just really encouraged about the church, how the church is stepping up through online platforms. Each and every Sunday, my Facebook feed is filled with online church services through people sharing devotionals online. And, and it's really been interesting to see how the paradigm has really shifted. And God's Word is still being preached around the world. And so we're excited to be able to share today. Um, a devotional with you as well as we're going to do something a little bit different instead of listening to me preach the whole time we're going to do a little bit of practice um, with home church today and so we're excited um, to be able to join together to do this in Maranatha in Davao and if you're online throughout the world we're excited please participate with us as well in doing this and so one of the things that has happened over this last month that has caused me to really step back and think with this COVID thing is that many voices throughout the church, prophets and different pastors are speaking up and beginning to share what they believe God is doing in the earth. And I'm not saying that this is the tribulation or that we're even close to that necessarily. And everyone has their different views of is it going to be a pre-trib rapture or a mid-trib rapture or a post-trib rapture? And is there a rapture? And everyone has all of their ideas and opinions, but I'm not going to get into that. But I will say that this COVID-19 has caused me to step back because no other time that I've been alive or that I've talked to some older people as well in this generation, that people have experienced something like this in their life. And so this is probably the most... Um, end time event, apocalyptic event that we have seen in our generation. And so as a world, we're faced with things that, that maybe down the road we will be faced with more of. And so who would have thought that at the beginning of 2020, right, governments would shut down schools, governments would shut down travel and churches, um, workplaces, right? And all of the things that we just take for granted have really been shut down and impacted by this. And in Christian circles, Right, the end times conversation has taken just another step forward, um, and people are beginning to talk about what it's going to be like in the end times. And so, um, in all of this, and all this waiting, and all this worldwide struggle, quarantining, I've been asking the question to myself, to my family, my wife and I have talked about it, our kids have talked about it. God, what are you doing in all of this? And I just want to hear what God is saying, right? And I can hear all the voices, and it's important to get feedback from different, you know, prophets and different Christian pastors and other brothers and sisters in Christ, and to hear what God is telling them. But I just want to really hear personally, God, what are you doing in all of this? 
Because COVID-19 is no surprise to God. At the beginning of the year, we didn't know about it, but God knew, right, that this was going to happen. And so while, ta- while Satan intends to destroy this earth, right, and economies, God is also attacking back on Satan's agenda, and he's going to fulfill his agenda and his plan. So I want to get on um, on the same page as what God is. And so one of the quotes that I loved was from Mike Bickle. Um, he's the International House of Prayer out of Kansas City. And he was had a COVID response. And one of the things that he said that really caught my attention was he said, the earth is going through a pop quiz right now. And I just thought that was really interesting. As a test, it was a surprise test for all of us. But the Bible describes the end times as really catastrophic, as extreme. And I don't think that we're facing that catastrophic of what the Bible describes. But the Bible also begins to paint a picture that events like this, like these, COVID-19 and other, maybe it was um, flus before or pestilence or earthquakes or whatever the, the earth has and whatever we're facing with, Uh, This is just a precursor for what is coming next down the road and what could take place and what the Bible describes will take place. And so this is changing our paradigm, the way we think about church. It's making us think out of the box of how do we get the word out throughout the world. And we're asking questions and we're reforming habits that we haven't had to do, you know, or have to ask before. And so God, I want to ask God, how are you using this pop quiz right, for the church? How are you testing us, and what are you trying to do? How can we grow? And so today, I just want to ask the question, God, what are you doing, and how can I respond to the situation that we are in? How can we connect with God on a deeper level, right? How can the church respond through all of this? How can we be the church more and more through our generosity, through our service, right, through our love, And I just want to trust God that God has a plan in all of this to work in our hearts and in our lives. And so moving forward, I just want to look at some opportunities that God has placed. And we hear a lot of the negative, right? A lot of the restrictions and you have to wear certain clothing at our clinic. We're having to wear full PPE. And so you can't even, all you can see is the eyes of our midwives, right? And that's about it because we want to protect ourselves. But there's really not that, it kind of limits some of that relational contact. And so it's draining. And even though we're, we're happy to do it, it's been a challenge. And so you hear a lot of those things. You see a lot of the things that have been restricted. But really, I just want to, I was, I was thinking of some of the positive things. God, what are you doing in families? Right? And God is giving families, parents and children, lots of time together. Right? I know that we're all kind of stuck in a house together or stru- stuck in a room together and we have to talk and sometimes that's hard and challenging and everyone doesn't have their personal space anymore. But God has really taken busy schedules and activities, um, school functions, and He's given us an opportunity right, to fulfill the prophecy that Malachi talks about where the hearts of, the hearts of fathers will turn to children and the hearts of children will turn to fathers. And He's giving family units an opportunity to to reconcile, an opportunity to reconnect with one another. And what a blessing that is. Yes, it's a challenge sometimes. Yes, it's a struggle. But God has plans for your family, and He's rearranging all of our schedules. Um, He's giving us opportunities in different ways to spend time together. I think of even my neighbors, some neighbors that I haven't even met before, are sharing food, you know, out the back, out the back gate. 
um, I hear this IO, you know, and they're calling and they're sharing food and we're able to share food back with them. We're getting to know them. It's been such a blessing in disguise that we didn't even know um, that we needed. And so it's a wonderful thing that neighbors are na- neighbors and neighborhoods are coming together in the secular world, sports, entertainment, right? The things that we normally watch, the no- things we normally fill our times with have really been pushed to the side. And we have time for other things. We have more time for prayer. We have more time for reading. We have more time for thinking through things. But things like gambling, liquor bans, right? Um, medical, you know, I think of abortion rates throughout the world. And abortion is a, a huge killer of lives, right? And so God is, is minimizing that. And so there's been things that have, that have really happened that He's minimizing darkness in lots of creative ways that we would have never thought were possible before. And then I think of the church. You know, the church is really faced in this new paradigm of thinking where we have to really come together and say, God, how do you want us to still continue to spread the gospel throughout the world? And I'm so blessed that here at Maranatha, we're already practicing home church. And God led Pastor Armand and our staff to really implement the Discovery Bible approach. And we've been doing it for a year now. And God has been really working through that. But who would have known a year ago when we began doing that, that God would be using that here today, um, this week, and this season, that we're still able to go into different places and with our families connect with God on a deeper level through DBS type type Bible studies, through different platforms, whether that be Zoom or Messenger or Skype or whatever that is, through technology we can still connect. And so God is using different avenues throughout the world to get the gospel out. And I think it's a great hour for the church. And God is using the church still to reach more people in different creative ways. And I think of what God is doing. And for the first time in my life, you know, I read the Bible and end times events, and there's all these theories and voices. And I, when I read it, I feel like, you know, I've always believed it in my head and in my heart. I believe the Bible for what it says. But for the first time, I really think that I can look and I can see Man, I can see how end-time events are going to impact the world now. I can see what God was saying way back when, thousands of years ago, and see a lot of these things coming together. So what does the Bible say about this situation? What does it say about the end times? And in Matthew 24 and 25, I'm not going to read all of those chapters, but I want, I want to encourage you to read that this week, because Matthew 24 is the disciples come to Jesus, and they say, Jesus, when, or they say, what is the sign of your return? What's the sign of the end of the age? And when is this all going to happen? They ask the what questions, and they ask the when questions. And Jesus begins to describe throughout Matthew 24 in the Olivet Discourse, a basically a mini apocalyptic message of what's going to happen. He begins to give signs, and he gives six signs um, to all of us that will happen in the end. And the first one, I'll just go through them real fast. You can read about them, but I'll summarize them. The first one is false Christs. There's going to be many who will be deceived by people who say that I am the Christ or I am the Messiah, false messiahs. And throughout history, we've seen an increase in the amount of people here in the Philippines. We have several of those, and they're gaining influence as as we get closer to the second coming of Christ. We're going to see more and more until the ultimate um, the ultimate time in history. The Antichrist will stand up and declare him 
himself as God and will demand worship, right? And that will be the ultimate of all these little mini false Christs. And so we're going to see that throughout the world, and that's happening. The second one is the Bible says there will be wars and, and threats of wars and rumors of wars. And so nation will rise against nation. Kingdom will rise against kingdom. We'll see world wars, and wars will grow in intensity, and we've seen that happen. The third one, there's going to be famines and earthquakes, and the, the earth is going to grow, and there's going to be things that happen, natural disasters and devastation throughout the world, and we see that more and more. I know that our kids this year, they've had a, a, a soccer tournament postponed because there was a volcano erupting. They're, they've missed three days of school due to earthquakes, right? And we know typhoons are coming through. And there's natural disasters throughout the earth. And so Jesus gives these three signs. And then he says, these, the end isn't yet. These are just the first signs of birth pains, right? And so we're very familiar at our clinic with birth. And we know uh, my wife is a midwife. And so she knows kind of when a woman's going to go into labor, right? And so even weeks before, sometimes sometimes um, days and weeks before, there will be many contractions that happen, right? And so these birth pains will happen and they'll be smaller and they'll be more spread out. But over time, right, we know that as we get closer to birth, closer to labor, these contractions grow intensity, right? And it causes the woman to say things and do things and to act in a certain way, right? And, and they become more intense and they become more frequent. And we know that as they get more frequent and more intense, that labor is close. And so Jesus says, these signs are just the beginning, but they're going to grow. And then he begins to give three other signs. He begins to talk. He says the fourth sign is this. It's worldwide persecution. The church is going to be hated for what you stand for, what the church stands for, for, for living lives of integrity, for following God. You're going to look foolish, and the world's going to really um, persecute you. In, in creative ways. And it says that many will turn away from God because there's going to be this great, um, there's great reason that either we choose God or we don't, right? And some people won't. And then it begins to talk about what we call the great apostasy, where people are going to be turning away from, from Christ. It says the love of many will grow cold, that people's hearts will grow cold. And that sin would be rampant everywhere throughout. There will be an increase in sin. And only those who endure, only those who are faithful to Christ, will be saved. Right? And then it goes on. And then it, Jesus, the last words he say, the, the, says, the sixth sign, is that the gospel, the good news, will be preached throughout the world. So that all nations would hear. And then the end will come. So the fifth and sixth signs here, he says there's going to be a great falling away. And then there's also going to be this church that the Bible describes that the good news, despite this persecution, is going to go out throughout the world, right? And it's going to reach people to the ends of the earth. And I think of ways that right now we're using technology to reach the ends of the earth. And what maybe God is setting up a platform that we can be more creative, that we can expand our ministries more with technology, right? But the gospel will be throughout the earth. And there's going to be two types of people in the end. Those are who are anti-God and those who are pro-God. And it's not going to be this blending anymore. And one of the parables that I love, uh, because in Texas, I'm from Texas, and so um, I grew up in the middle of wheat country. And here in the Philippines, we don't really have wheat fields. We have banana fields. And I didn't know what a banana tree looked like when I first moved here. Uh, I didn't know there's a palm tree behind me. There's a durian tree behind me. Didn't even know durian existed before I moved here. Right? And so, so many different fruits. But in Texas, we grow wheat. Right? And so, our house was right by a wheat field. 
And there's a parable in Matthew 13, I'm going to read it real quick, that talks about the parable um, of the wheat field. And so um, it said, this is verse, Matthew 13, verse 36. It says, Then, leaving the crowds outside, Jesus went into the house. And his disciples said, Please explain to us the story of the weeds in the field. And Jesus had already talked about um, the weeds and the wheat before. And so let me just back up to that story, verse 24. It says, Here's another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But that night as the workers slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat, then slipped away. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's workers went to him and said, Sir, the field where you planted that good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? The master said, An enemy has done this. And the worker said, Should we pull out the weeds? And he said, No. You'll uproot the wheat if you pull the weeds out. Let both grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them into bundles, and burn them, and to put the wheat in the barn. So that's Jesus' story, and the disciples didn't get it. Right, And sometimes I have a a struggle. I still struggle. Lord, I don't get this. Right, But Jesus explains it later on right, in verse 37 through verse 43. You can read it in Matthew 13 later. But I'm always fascinated with weeds and wheat because I'm going to show you some pictures because this field that was right next to me, every um, September-ish, there would be a farmer who would come and he would plant wheat. And if you see this wheat, it's just like grass. Right, basically from September all the way through the you know Christmas, January, February, um, the wheat is green, and they a lot of the farmers put their cattle. It's just uh, it's beautiful, and but it's really nourishing. It's just like a really high nutrient grass. And so as this wheat grows, pretty soon, come February, March, right, this wheat begins to produce heads. This grass begins to grow, and if you let it grow instead of cut it, then it starts to produce this grain. Right, and it's still green, and you really have to get pretty close to be able to see the grain. But over time, come about June, um, depending on where you're from in the country, May, June, July, August, wherever you are, um, depending on where you are, your wheat will start to form this golden color. It'll start to what they call head out. And this is a a great picture of a wheat field. And, And what you'll have in this is the whole field will turn this gold color, and it's like an ocean. And you'll be driving, and the wind will be blowing, and it's beautiful. And this wheat, they'll just, it'll just kind of flow, right? And it's really gorgeous. And so here's a picture. Um, thank you, Dana, for allowing me to use this picture. But this is during harvest time. Um, her family in combines, and they're, um, they are harvesting this wheat. And they're cutting it down, and they're putting it um, in, and they'll take it to storage. And they'll separate the chaff and the wheat and the grain, and they'll take it. But every now and then, most of the fields that you have are great, and it's golden brown, and they're beautiful. But every now and then, you'll drive by, and there's a field that you can tell there's a farmer who didn't take care as good of care at, on, his, on his field, and there's going to be a field full of, full of weeds. And every now and then, you'll be driving by, and you'll pass a field that looks like this. And you see, when you're in January, February, when the wheat is still green, you don't notice these weeds. Right? You don't notice that there's other things growing from a distance, right? Maybe if you go in, you can kind of inspect and see, but most of the time you don't notice that there's these weeds. Let me show you another one. 
Here's another field. And you can see the distinction between the two, right? There's the golden wheat, and that's what we want, right? We want to produce fruit. And then there's these weeds that they're just like they suck the water out, the nutrients out. They're very ugly, but you don't notice it until the end. And I think when Jesus is talking about there's weeds and there's wheat, both of them grow together. And when the harvest is close... When the time is soon, there's going to be this separation, this distinction between what God wants, God's agenda, and the devil's agenda. Those who want to live for God, those who want to live in their own way for themselves. And so there's this distinction that the Bible says the love will grow cold, right? Many's hearts will be turned away from God, but yet the church will thrive in that time. And so Jesus begins to talk about the what, of what's going to happen. Then he begins to talk about the when. Right? He, he begins to describe in the end of Matthew 24. Um, he describes, you know, like in the time of Noah, um, there's going to be a time where it's unexpected that God's going to come back. And he begins to answer the wind question of no one knows the day or the hour. This, the, you'll know the season, I guess, right? The signs. But you're, not even Jesus on earth knew, right? The angels don't even know when um, God will come back. And so he says things like, look at the fig tree. Look at Noah. Just like in the days of Noah, there's going to be workers in the field. And he begins to describe uh, this time as the coming of Christ is unexpected. It's sudden. And then we get to Matthew 25. And Jesus takes all these things. He tells us in Matthew 24 what's going to happen, when, we don't really know, but we need to be ready. We need to be watchful. We need to be ready. We need to be faithful. So just like if you're in your house and you knew a robber was coming, you've got to get ready, get prepared. And then in, verse, in chapter 25, Jesus gives three stories. And today we're going to practice sometime. I want you, I'm not going to preach these um, I've been looking over them the last couple weeks and really kind of diving in myself. But I want to challenge us as a church to do this. So with your family, right, we want you to practice the DBS. And so we're going to walk you through this. Um, you're just going to pick up your Bible in your house. You're going to gather your kids around or your spouse or family member. If you don't have family there and you're all by yourself and you don't have any friends, that's fine too. Just get a piece of paper and you can do it, you and Jesus. If not, then get online. Go connect with someone via Messenger or Zoom. Find a platform. Find someone that you can just talk through the Bible with together. And we can grow together as a body, as a church as people seeking God together. And so and we'll walk you through this. I'm going to put a slide on in just a second. Uh, just We just want you to read the passage a couple times and then just ask some questions and just be real with yourself, be real with God, allow God to speak and allow God to challenge us. And what we want, this, this chapter begins to tell us how we can best prepare ourselves for what is coming, how we can be ready. And so he talks about three stories. There's a couple parables and then a story at the final judgment. The first one is the ten virgins or the ten bridesmaids. And it's the story that Jesus begins to describe and he tells his disciples, I want you to be prepared, be watchful, be ready, be faithful, right? And so I want to ask us, how can we be watchful? Right? How can we prepare ourselves? Are there things that we need to repent of? Are there things that we've been pushing aside? Are there things that are, we're just lazy in our life that we need to work out? We need to begin to actively engage Christ more on a deeper level and connect with God on a deeper level. To fill, right? To fill our lamps, to allow God's Spirit to speak to us and allow us to hear the voice of God. So that's the first story. The second story is the parable of the talents. 
um, where there's three different different servants and they're given different amounts and what they do with that talent. And God is talking about stewardship, right? How to be productive, how to be faithful, how to do our very best for Christ, to use what He's given us to not only expand the kingdom of God, but to learn and to grow and to steward what He's given us on the inside, our character, our integrity, right? And reaching out to others. And then the third one is not really a parable, but it's a story of what's going to happen at the end of the age, the sheep and the goats. And so he d- describes Jesus and God coming back and giving rewards to the faithful servants, those who have shown mercy and compassion, those who have reached out and served other people. There's going to be rewards. And so I just want to challenge us, right, to be faithful, to be generous. You know, how can you be generous? Who can you share with? Right? Who can you share things, um, items, food and groceries? You can share um, encouragement with. And maybe that's even online and we can't do much except online. But how can we share with one another? And so I want you to challenge yourself. God, how can we do this better for you? And so um, what I want you to do is I want you to pick one of those in Matthew 25. Not all three. Just pick one today. Um, if you want to do one tomorrow and one the next day, that's fine. You can do that. But I want you to pick one and get your get your family together. And let's just challenge each other um, with these questions. So we'll read the passage, and we're just basically basically going to go through just four simple questions. The first one, you know, is who are the people in this story? What are they doing? Right? We just want to talk about the story. The second, what does this passage say about God? You know, where do we see God in this? Uh, The third one, what does this passage say about people? How do people respond to God? How do people not respond to God? And the fourth one is this, what does this say about my life? How can I obey the principles that God is speaking in this passage? How can I live this out? And so after you're done with this, I just want you to really pray and to say, God, how can I better live for you? How can I be ready during this COVID Right During this time of waiting, during this time of struggle for many of us, during this time where plans have been changed and things have been flipped upside down, how can I best live this out, what you're teaching me? I don't want to get through COVID and look back and say nothing happened. I didn't grow at all. I want to be able to look back and say, man, I grew tons. Here's what God taught me. Here's how I trusted God more. And so I just want to encourage you. I know that we're not face-to-face and we can't share Um, like we normally would. But after you're done, I just want to encourage you, um, it doesn't have to be long, but I want you to post this video here at Maranatha Church of what God is speaking to you. Maybe God spoke something to your family or a family member said something or when you were just sitting listening to God, He spoke something that would be encouragement not only to yourself but to other people. And let's be a body of Christ and let's go ahead and let's post right, to this video. And we can go through those and be encouraged together as a family. Okay, thank you so much for joining. I just want to pray with you, and then um, I'll allow Pastor Armin to say something if he wants, or um, you can get together in your house and do your Bible studies together with your family. Thank you so much. Father, Lord, we thank you so much for this time together. God, I thank you that you have a plan for the end times. God, that you have made that plan very clear. And so, Father, I pray that we would be bold. God, that we be prepared in our hearts. Lord, in our service to you. God, that we would be generous. God, that we would steward what you want to do and how you want to do it well. Lord, that we be faithful. 
God, that we'd be ready, that we'd be watchful. Father, I pray a specific blessing over Maranatha Family Church, that you would give us such unity, that you would grow us to love you, to love one another more and more. And Father, in this earth, that you would fulfill your plan and your kingdom would expand through COVID and through all the different things that your agenda is. Lord, use what the enemy would intend for evil to turn into good. God, and we just allow you, Lord, shake the nations for your glory. If we want revival to happen, if we want people to come to know you, sometimes we don't want to go through the process of getting there. But Father, we just embrace the process and we ask you would teach us and that we could teach others. Lord, in Jesus' name, we pray all these things. Amen. Thank you, church. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for joining us. Keep in touch with us via Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash mfcdvo or search for Maranatha Family Church Davao on Facebook, where we also stream our church service. Again, that's facebook.com slash mfcdvo. We hope to see you there. God bless.